Welcome to another episode of Improv Exchange with Leander Young, where we dig into conversations with seasoned musicians to discuss their life, art, and the faith of jazz as they see it. In this episode, we interview a trumpet player from Australia, Nadia Norhorse. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Improv Exchange. Today, we have Nadia Norhouse with us. Did I say it right? Hi. <laughs> yes, you Good did. Good, just making sure once again. <laughs> <laughs> and she's joining us from literally the other side of the world. Thank you for Absolutely. coming, man. Oh, you're most welcome. It's, so, it's, a, it's a bright and early morning here, so I'm just getting my day started. Can you please tell the people about yourself, like your education, where you're from, where you're currently based? Oh, geez. Okay. I'll try and keep it short. (laughs) Um, I'm from Sydney, Australia, and um, this is where I was born and raised. And then I I moved around a little bit in Australia, did some other study, and then moved to Melbourne to to study improv. Um, And then after I did a a four-year degree there and then moved to New York. And so I've been in New York for 17 years. Right now I'm back in Sydney, <laughs> so just because of because of the the situation. Um, so I'm just here visiting family and and teaching and and weirdly gigging and um, yeah, just sort of back to my roots, back in my childhood house. <laughs> so cool in its own way. So yeah, yeah. It's you moved been, back to Sydney because of. Yeah, Be- because of <laughs> because of that, well, that will not be named. Yeah, the world that um, will be said. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean it's just temporary. I'm coming back, but um, yeah, I'm just I'm just here but while I can. Really, it's isn't Australia more time. open though? Um, absolutely, like like just almost embarrassingly so. Um, yeah, it's almost back to normal here. There's no real cases, um, real community cases. You know, they'll have some in quarantine. There's a mandatory 14-day quarantine. So if you come in from, from overseas, you you have to stay in a hotel room and not leave. Like you can't put a foot outside your hotel room door for 14 days. So that that sort of system has really helped curb the, the spread of this awfulness. So, um, you know, there are occasionally, you know, cases that will come up from, you know, like transport, you know, drivers from the airport and, and such, but then the city will lock down for three days and then that generally stops the spread too. So there, there's all these systems in place um, that will help and a really amazing contract tracing system where um, there's a, just a QR code whenever you go, you know, get a coffee or go to the grocery store. And so if something happens, then they have all that data so they know who is where. And everyone's pretty obedient. <laughs> yeah, know, I was about to say, that would not work. Yeah, yeah, that would not. In New York no, alone, that won't work. Just oh a QR code scanning. Yeah, no, everyone, no. But it's like here, we're just like, we, no one cares if someone knows that we had a coffee, you know, like this is for the, the greater good this the is teamwork <laughs> you know like it's like you know obviously it's it's a hat you know it's an extra hassle we just want to get our coffee but at the same time we understand what it's for um so and you know so 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 far you know so far things are are, are pretty good cross fingers and toes I mean you know states will go into spontaneous 
lockdown, you know, if there's a case. So like literally one case and they'll lock down. So, um, yeah, so it is, you know, everyone is, you know, <laughs> sort of in Yeah, suspense. that's just completely you different know, culture. It, you know, it's 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 so different. So to have experienced both has been quite quite the journey, one might say. Well, as somebody from New York, still in New York, I could say in a way I'm jealous, but in the same way, yeah, I know that would not fly here. So <laughs> right, no, no, it definitely it definitely wouldn't in New York. I can't see that happening at all. So, so. are the restaurants open? The jazz clubs, everything. Yeah, everything's open. Yeah. With, with no mask. You walk, you walk around, no mask. Yeah. Oh. So it's it's basically life as usual unless something happens. And if something happens, then everyone's in plan, you know, goes straight to plan B. It's masks, you know. But it also depends, you know, on states. Like I have actually, I've got a gig next week and there's a mask mandate in that hall. But I just had one last week in a, you know, in, it's in a different state and it's no masks. So it really sort of depends on what state you're in. But there's only like six states. So yeah. Just, you know, I think. I don't know. I can't count. I mean, at least with America, there's like 50. Yeah, 50. And that's correct. a nice number. But every time I've got to think about how many states of Australia, because there's territories as well. So do we count those? But it's a very small number. It, I probably shouldn't have admitted that I don't know how many states are in the, the uh, country yeah. that I'm, I'm living in. But there's just no, there's a there's a few. There's like I don't know six or seven, eight. Yeah. Certainly, certainly no more than that. So it's it's yeah. Oh, no, that's good, man. Like I said, you got out. You're enjoying yourself. You're still gigging. I know some people who haven't performed since. Yeah. 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 Ouch. I mean, I hadn't, I hadn't for about a year until, until last week. And so things are sort of, yeah, slowly, slowly coming in, which is weird. I'm like, really? A gig? <laughs> are you sure? <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's a different planet over here right now. So I, I'm so, feeling incredibly fortunate. Like just it, to me, it's amazing. It's amazing that I actually got a flight here. Um, and just amazing that I can be here and sort of operate almost business as usual. So, yeah, extremely lucky. Okay. So one thing I must say about you or your music is I do like how you, as I say, take, take risk. I did hear your music before because you performed with James Ship and because I love vibraphone music or vibraphonists. Oh, cool. Him, uh -huh. Mark Sherman, uh, I could go out a whole group of them, but... Uh-huh. I liked it. The trumpet with a vibraphone. Never would have thought of doing that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how exactly. I think we just started, like, we, we had a, a session one day. We're just like, let's let's go play some James James Ship. Um, said, let's let's go play some some folk music, some, like, Scandinavian folk music. So, um, yeah, and that just sort of started, and we liked the sound, and then it just sort of developed into this thing and so I forget we had our first gig maybe I don't know maybe eight years ago or something and I think it was like in a zen um like a zen buddhist center well, okay <laughs> um, as, as, as as part of I think it was part of the the font festival the festival of new trumpet music which runs every year um and so yeah so then yeah it just sort of 
took off from there and we did a lot of house concerts and uh, and eventually made our way into the studio and, and, and recorded our album that came out in 2017, I believe, or 2018. Why is Scandinavian really. music, though? Well, that's James. Like, James is into a whole, a whole bunch of stuff. Um, you know, he's, yeah, from music from, from, from everywhere. He's really into um, Irish music. And then there was some, I think it was like some Finnish, Finnish um, folk music, I think, that he got into. Or there's, um, um, so, yeah, so that's really James. That wasn't, that's, that wasn't from me. But I was like, this is cool. This music is great. So, um, we sort of just like, you know, took it from there really. Um, and I, on our album, we have like a Finnish folk song. So we do have a, like a little nod to, you know, the roots of our, our collaboration. So. No, that's good. Well, that explains <laughs> the Celtic harp and some of your other stuff. Okay. Well, I think that, that came from me doing a residency, um, upstate New York. There's this magical place called the Omai International Art Center and they do a residency every year for musicians from around the world and they purposely miscurate it. So if it's basically like 10 or 12 people that do completely and utterly different things. Like the year I was there, there was like a South African minimalist composer and an Irish flutist. That's where, that's where the sort of the harp <laughs> you know, comes, uh, comes from and some singer songwriters. And it's, it's basically all about collaboration. You just turn up and, and collaborate you just have sort of sessions with people and it's in this incredibly idyllic um location so i think it was working with a flutist that um from ireland that um really inspired me to to write there's a, a tune called mayfair on my first album that was sort of inspired by my my hanging out with her and and listening to all her music so um, and then I ended, yeah, eventually met Maeve Gilchrist, who's like an extraordinary Celtic harpist. And so I'm like, whatever I do, I need to involve her. <laughs> so that's why, you know, the band, the band came together. That's got James, James as well, who also plays synths and, uh, and percussion, uh, and Maeve, Ike Sturm on the bass and Jesse Lewis on guitar. Okay. But uh, just Something I have to ask. So how does the general public receive it? Like, does it actually get played on the radio over there? Because it's different. Yeah, it is. It is different. I mean, we're definitely not in, in, we can't really be put in the one box. <laughs> we're not really sort of solely in the jazz box. Um, I think, I think my, I think all of my albums are a little bit like that, like a little bit hard to sort of, you know, classify. It's not like I have, you know, a, I'm 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 playing, you know, an arrangement of Stella or anything. It's all like original uh, music, which has you know ties to music from around the world. So it does. My music here does get played on on jazz stations, even though you know some of the music, some of it doesn't even have improv in it. So you know, but but you know, people people like it. So. That's nice. <laughs> oh, I liked it. It's just that I, if I didn't know of James, because that's one thing that led to you. Actually, Maria, yeah, forward me to you. Oh, uh, Maria, yes. yeah. Mm -hmm. And I knew James and stuff. And yeah, one thing led to another. So I was listening to it. So it wasn't like something mm -hmm. I was looking for. It wasn't something that was like slammed right in yeah. front of me. That's why I was asking. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely not like, um, you know, you've, you've got your... Yeah 
you know your, your jazz greats and then you've got like the the vibraphone and trumpet section like at your local record store or anything it's sort of just like it is to me it's it's music that you sort of stumble across like that's sort of my you know perhaps that's a really bad business plan but I <laughs> I I um I have a record label and and I maybe I shouldn't admit this but so so far it's it, it's working but my my mission it, it's it, I just call it the slow burn so it's like I put it out there and I just wait, you know. <laughs> so it's sort of like the anti yeah. anti promotion, but but you know that's sort of the way that people hear about it. They'll they'll discover it, you know, on on evil Spotify or they'll you know they'll um, yeah they'll they'll come across it somewhere or be linked on social media or, or something will happen. So to me, I really like it when I stumble across something new. So. Um, yeah, it's it's that's sort of my my methodology <laughs> for for better or a lot or, of jazz artists have that slow burn mentality. Yeah. Even though yeah. I'm against it, I've seen it work. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just to me. I don't know. I don't. I guess it's it's an energy thing, really. I don't. I prefer to spend all my energy into the creative side of things. Um, however, having said that, if I have absolutely nothing set up to get it out into the world, then I don't think that's actually helpful at all. Um, but, you know, for, for me, what is happening is enough. You know, it's like I don't need, I, I, you know, I, I don't know what I need, but <laughs> but it's, you know, so far it's working. You know, there's, you know, we get a lot of streams and we get a lot of, um, what's cool is that people will write and say, I, I discovered your music on a playlist um, and it was raining and I wrote, a, I wrote some poetry and, you know, to your music and so here's my poetry. Or uh, they stumble across it and say, oh, I'm, I'm a student doing a, a short film and so, you know, and, you know, so then they'll include the music. So, you know, to me, that's really lovely. It's about these like little little human connections, like these sort of random human connections, which I think is just so beautiful. I would agree. Somebody took your art, appreciated that much, and actually wrote to it and sent it back mm-hmm. to you. Yeah, yeah, that is yeah. pretty nice. That's very nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy people acknowledge my music. Just listen to it. So here you're getting right. emailed back. So it's, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's just sort of it's it's really lovely. It's just it's 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 quite beautiful. Okay, well, one thing I also am curious about is what made you move to New York? I moved to New York to study at Manhattan School of Music. I um, had spent I did I did a degree in sound engineering when I first left school. I didn't want to be a musician. It sort of almost never occurred to me that there was something that I could do. Um, which is a bit weird, but that's that's what I thought at the time. And so I did sound engineering and, you know, it was having a hard time breaking into that particular scene. Um, and then at, at some point I got, <laughs> got fired, um, you know, from, from a job because they didn't think that a woman could run the studio. And so I was like, you know what, if this is going to happen in an industry where it's supposedly more security than music, then I may as well just go play music. So I, Wait, I got to stop you. Yeah. Why can't yeah. a woman run a sound studio? 
And well, I'm not I mean, trying to be clearly, all pro-feminist or anything. I'm just legit. That makes no you, sense to me. You, you absolutely can be. That would be totally fine with me. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously, we're in agreement that it's completely and utterly ridiculous. But at the time, this is the, you know, the late 90s. Um, you know, that was the reasoning by a bunch of old dudes on on a board of, of a company. So, um, yeah, obviously, it was completely ridiculous. But, but it... It had ex- explained so much in sort of one action why I had so much trouble, actually. Like, you know, I'd spent all these years studying and doing all these, these um, you know, these gigs basically for, for free and then and just couldn't, just could not get my foot in the door. You know, this, this was a club that I could not belong to basically at that time. So... I was like, you know what, I'd, I'd actually, <clears throat> excuse me, I'd supported myself by playing when I was studying. I just sort of stumbled across an ad wanting a, a trumpet player and I lived in this tiny little country town at that point. Um, that was the only place that had um, um, an engineering, a sound engineering degree in, in the whole of Australia at that time. Um, and so I got my trumpet sent up. I didn't take it with me and then suddenly I was the trumpet player in town and had all these gigs so (laughs) you know it was just sort of it was always there but I never kind of acknowledged it and uh so yeah so I thought well if this sound business isn't going to work out then I may as well you know go play trumpet and go go uh you know go learn about that which I did (laughs) Completely different turn than what I was expecting, but okay. So yeah, this is not this is this is not being like you know a straight ahead sort of vibe at all. This is it's been a schmozzle. <laughs> okay, so did you experience any of this as a musician? Uh, any any discrimination as a musician? Yeah, fl- be honest. It's flat out. Since I was going to ask that later, but let's go. <laughs> I mean, I mean, of course, of course. Any um, any more like huh? Because no offense, I've been in studios. I think everyone been in studios. Unless you're yeah, moving I like mean, a grand piano or certain things, I don't know what you can't really do. Right. I mean, I've moved many. I've moved dozens of grand grand pianos. Um. Um. Yeah. I mean, thankfully, the times have changed. Just in these twenty years, it's by no means perfect. It's it's far far from it. Um, you know, but just at that time, yeah, it was just, that's, that's, was my experience when it, when it comes to music. I mean, sure. To me, I was really lucky. I feel that in Australia, when I was growing up, there was never any like, oh my God, you're a woman, you play the trumpet. That's so weird. You know, it was, if, if anything, they were like, oh, you play jazz. Oh, really? Why, why do you want to do that? You know, it was, that was sort of more, you know, we don't have, you know, the connection to the, the history of the music so much here, you know? So it's to, when I was growing up, it's more like rock you know, pub rock and, and, you know, in excess and midnight oil. And, yeah, and, you know, most these of the were, artists these... I know from Australia are rock artists. That's true. Exactly. And these were all local musicians too, in excess of from my high, high school and, um, you know, and, and other bands. Yeah, midnight oil. Um, <laughs> I'm, it's like there's only two bands in Australia. No, <laughs> but, um, yeah, it, it, it was just really... I think I was very lucky because I didn't experience that 
um, that whole thing that happens when you're a woman on stage. I didn't experience any of that when I was growing up. And I was in a, a, a public high school that was just well known for music. And that was because there was this um, really amazing conductor um, uh, called Steve Williams. And so he, <laughs> it, it, it's funny, there's all the pro trumpet players that do all the theatre shows are all you know, students of Steve. And so it's funny coming back here all these years later and we're all reconnecting and we're all going to play together. So um, that's that's sort of like really lovely. Um, but, yeah, there was just never any weirdness. I, 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 um, our school big band was the, the, the pep band for the Sydney Kings, which is like the New York Knicks. So it's like I had courtside seats at the, oh, that at the, ba- at the basketball. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, there's a lot of Americans in the team. Um, So, um, yeah, so it was a really great band. And there was like, I think, three out of the five. Was it three out of the five trumpets? So it's five. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, three out of the five trumpets were women, all female trombone section, you know, three out of the five saxes. So it was just, there was more women than men. But it was just never mentioned. It was just, it was a non-issue, you know. But, but, Uh, (laughs) but they were waiting for that. Um, You know, but when I came to the States, it was, it it was sort of just like, you know, I I could see all these weird looks and I'm like, what's going on? From a jam session or just in... Yeah, in at school, like okay, in school you know, too. Okay, it's school in school, and and uh, yeah, and just being out. I didn't go to too many jam sessions. Oh well, um, jam sessions is where you find the worst of the jazz community, <clears throat> if you know what I mean. Yes, <laughs> yes, that's why I avoided them. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it was it was weird. For example, um, I was in one band where, you know, we would we would rehearse. Yeah, it was a big band and we would rehearse a tune and then the band leader would go around the band and, and you know, down, down the row and then skip me and then keep going and did this for like three months. And I was actually having a bet with the trumpet player next to me that I could go a whole year without taking a solo in this band and we rehearsed twice a week. And, um, and then finally <laughs> he pointed at me and he was like, you! Australia, he called me, like, go. And I was like, all right. So I stood up and I soloed and the rhythm section turned to see who it was and they saw it was me and they completely freaked out and they lost their place and they stopped. And then I sat down. So Was that because of the bet or because it was that good or that no one, bad? No, <laughs> no, one, no, no one knew of the bet. It was just the fact that they didn't think that I could solo because oh. I was a woman. And then they they saw, you know, they saw me soloing and it just, it was too much for their brains. <laughs> they short circuited. Okay. Um, so, you know, so I mean, yeah, so that sort of stuff. I mean, it's, it's dumb, right? It's so stupid. It's but, dumb, it but I guess it's different because I was checked by numerous females way before I even could even think of something like that. Like I had <laughs> women professional teachers that I'd be like, well, if I could do this, could you do that? Yes, et cetera. So it's like. Right. Yeah. I guess I never but, saw it that way. Right. Well, that's, I'm glad that you had that experience. That's, you know, to me, that sounds like you were born after me. 
<laughs> Probably. I'm more than positive. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. I mean, that wouldn't that wouldn't so much happen even in these last 20 years. I mean, I graduated, you know, almost 20 years ago. So, you know, that, that's not going to happen now. Understood. And, and yeah, so. <laughs> but that, that was my experience. I'm glad your experience, you, you get, you know, yeah, getting checked. I like that. I get checked, I get checked on his podcast a lot. Okay, so I got to give oh, people that's that. Awesome. That's great. That's awesome. So, but there has to be some high points of you being a woman in jazz. Any big moments you remember? Well, I mean, I don't really, you know, it's funny. You know, it's like being a woman in jazz. It's sort of like, being, you know, you know, it's always that sort of slight awkwardness, isn't it? Because... It's not like I say, well, it must be fun being a male podcaster, you know, like tell me about your experience. Like it's a, it's just a little odd, right? Yeah, you so, just checked me again, see? <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Um, you know, so to to me it's it's like, you know, I mean obviously I am a woman and that that does, you know, you know, possibly affect the way that I play in a way that I have really no um, you know, I'm, I've never been a man, so I don't, I, I can't, I can't do the science on it. You know, I don't, I can't compare <laughs> if it would be different. I don't know if, if I would play music differently if I was a man, you know, it's just like, this is just the music that I play. Um, so yeah, so I mean, some high points, I mean, certainly, I mean, I love playing in Maria's band. That's amazing. That's been a life goal for me for, for many, many years. I would go down to the standard every year for the Thanksgiving run and I'd just be listening to the band and just be so completely jealous that I wasn't up there. I'm like, why aren't I in this band? Um, so so how, when she, yeah, how did I get the gig? Yeah, that, how do you get the and gig? I just, <laughs> well, you know, I think I had been recommended to her um, a number of times. I think my, my late teacher, Laurie Frank, had, had put in a word for me if, you know, if she needed a sub for a rehearsal or something. Um, but it just, it didn't happen for a really long time. So I'd sort of given up that it eventually, yeah, I just thought that it would just never happen. Um, but yeah, one, one day I still remember where I was, I was on an escalator at a trumpet conference and and she called, you know, (laughs) I was like, finally, finally, Maria, (laughs) I've been waiting for like, you know. 20 years. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and hopefully you get the solo often in this band. Um, well, uh, no, oh. I think, I, I think, <laughs> oh, awkward silence. Um, I think, I think, you know, I think one of my strengths as a player is a section player. And I love, I love playing in that trumpet section. Because it's like the intonation is perfect. All the cutoffs are together. We're all we're all listening. We're all following each other. So to me, that's like the the I, the joy of it is 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 playing with those guys. It's just it's just beautiful. Now, her band so, is amazing. I got it really that. is. Yeah. 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 It's gorgeous. <laughs> well, <laughs> who else have you played with that made you go wow? Ooh, I did a gig with the Gil Evans Project with Ryan Trusdell and I was standing next to Lewis Nash and nice. and he, 
Oh my gosh. I just remember. <laughs> it's like we fit, we finished a tune and and I put the, the trumpet down on the stand and then I started clapping. Like it was just, <laughs> it was just sort of an immediate response. I was like, that was great. I was like, wait, Nad, like you're on stage, you're not in the audience. But it was just, it was so great just to stand next. I was I was probably just like just grinning at him like an idiot the whole the whole time because he no, he's just, a great drummer. I don't blame he, you. <laughs> he swung so hard. I was just like, oh my god, this is amazing. It was just such a really really lovely feeling. Um, let's see. I mean, I feel like I've had these sort of wow moments with most of the the bands that I currently play in. Like I've played in Darcy James Argue's Secret Society for le- how many? Oh, uh, thirteen years now. Um, I think, and so, and we've done some really amazing, like, multimedia um, shows with costumes and sets and lighting and, you know, just, you know, just these amazing opportunities. And, you know, Darcy's music is, is so intense and complex and sort of, you know, being in the midst of all of that and, like, you know, playing a shout chorus or something with, you know, four, <laughs> four of the trumpet. It's great. It's so... It, it's so awesome. And I also play with the Anat Cohen Tentet. Um, you know, it's... Yeah, it, she's it's such amazing. A, she's, yeah. Isn't she yeah. great? Uh, yeah, she's she's so wonderful. Um, so, yeah, just being on stage with that band and, and you know, it, it's like we, we generally get to do these sort of bigger rooms. Like, um, and so... You know, I just remember like being on stage at like SF Jazz or something, you know, like it just, just, you know, the sound was beautiful and everyone in the band is awesome and we're all friends and, you know, it's just like you just, sometimes you just have these little moments like, wow, this is, this is a really lovely way to have a life, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's some of them. Okay. Well, I, we've well, been out of New York for a while. Is this that, we, do you think that? The scene will ever come back here, anywhere near where it was before. I mean, you know, I'm 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 not a scientist. <laughs> uh, no, this is your opinion you know, because my, my opinion, a lot of the artists I mean, left. Yeah, yeah. And you might be think... comfortable over there. I don't know if you will come back. <laughs> I'm a, I'm extremely comfortable over here. Let me tell you. But but having said that, like you know, I don't want to miss out on any gigs with Maria or Anat or Darcy or anyone, you know. So that's that's the hard part because, you know, I that's that's the, you know, <laughs> that was why I moved over was to be able to play music like that with people. That was always the goal. It was always this sort of almost impossible goal, you know, um, but yet it, it happened. And so I, it, I don't want to walk away from that. But having said that, I, I don't know. I mean, it's going to take, it's going to take years. I think. I don't think it will ever be the same. I think it will change. Um, but um, yeah, it's in a way, it's like I feel like I haven't quite mourned the, uh, you know, the loss of that life. Um, but there will be another one in, in its place, and maybe it will. It, maybe in a way, it will be better. I mean, I That's, hope you know, so. I, I don't know. So it's that big question mark. It needs a big question mark because <laughs> even before the magical thing happened, <laughs> we were losing jazz clubs and bars and all that stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I mean, know. it's, yeah, it's, it's, 
and the virtual yeah. scene doesn't seem to be helping. Us. Well, I, well, I mean, some some things, some. I mean, I feel like it's keeping a lot of people sane, even just just to be able to watch. You know, like I know people that love watching all the live gigs at the Vanguard or at Smalls. You know, that's sort of like a regular part of their week. Um, so having that sort of thing, just to like a routine to sort of keep the sanity, I think has been really important for a lot of people. Um, you know, for, for me, I've just had to sort of move my focus, and so it's like, okay, there's these tours aren't happening. These these great gigs are. are not happening I need to you know you know look look elsewhere and so I mean my teaching has has really sort of exploded um yeah since this all went down so I think I think as musicians you know we are we have to be adaptable that's sort of part of the job description really and you know we adapted when everything was closing before you know the (laughs) the unmentionable Mm -hmm. um you know, and we will again, like there's no, you know, I don't think it's going to be, you know, the absolute death of anything. I think, you know, I, I, I just think it's going to take some, some time to, to come back and it will come back in a, a slightly, you know, it'll be in a different way. There'll be different clubs. There'll be different, you know, events. There'll be maybe some hybrid events that weren't you know, going to happen before where there is live streaming or, or I don't know. I, you know, who knows? I mean, the technology is sort of, you know, evolving so fast. Who knows what's going to happen in just even five years? You know, it, it, to me it would have been even more of a disaster had this happened five years ago, if you think about where sort of Skype was. on oh, the yeah. like, <laughs> like I had a, I had a Zoom account before this happened, but it was, you know, I don't remember being like completely like blown away you know, by it because I did distance learning for, for years. But so it was, it's, you know, it's, it's just like, yeah. I agree it's, with it's you. It's moving fast. Yeah. It's just even the engineers that are doing these live streams for them, they are top mm-hmm. class. Mm-hmm. Five, 10 years ago, yeah, we were in a far worse situation. Totally. Yeah. Which is, which is sort of exciting, you know, to, to think that there's all this potential. Um, for for more more things that we don't even we haven't even thought of yet, so I think that's sort of a nice way to 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 frame it. Yeah, you know, what? yeah, I need to be more positive. Yes, you're right. I guess I'm being a tad bit <laughs> negative. Well, I mean, it, that's that's of course, you know, it's like you know things have gone wrong, <laughs> to put it mildly, you know. So of course, but it's it's like you know we're we're resilient, so. Well, we will bounce back, but it just might take a little bit of time, I think. So what advice do you give your students right now, the ones that are in college that were trying to get into the mainstream world right now? What what do I say to them? Yeah. Well, there's not much places to perform. A lot of studios still aren't recording. Right, right. I mean, you know, to me, it's just sort of, it's just businesses as usual, I'm like, I still just want to make you the best trumpet player that you can be. So, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not sort of distracted by, <laughs> you know, I'm not being like, oh, you poor thing. Like, you're not going to have any gigs for years. Like, I'm, I'm never going <laughs> to say that, you know. 
Because the truth is, is that I don't know. Like they, they may well, you know, it's always that thing. Like you, you know, you, if you see a, a musician that you don't know and maybe you're like, oh, I'm not sure how they're going to sort of, you know, sort of build build a career, you know, and, and then suddenly like they're, you know, on the road with someone super famous or they're, they're doing, um, you know, amazing things. Like I think the thing is that you just you just never know. So I'm preparing them as if, you know, they're going to take over the world. <laughs> you that's know, a, I mean, no, to, 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 me, to, to me, that's really the only, the only approach, really. I think it would be in a giant disservice if I was to try and dissuade anyone from, from um, doing what they want to do. And obviously these circumstances are very unusual um, and hopefully we will never experience this again in our lifetime. But... Um, you know, it, it, it passes, you know, or the, or the other, <laughs> you know, we, we survived the, the Spanish flu a hundred years ago and we've survived other, other things and we'll, we'll get through this. But yeah, again, it's just a matter of, of time passing. So have any of your students so far made that big jump? Like next thing you know, is like, wow. Like, off, off they go. Off they go. Wow, look at you. You're <laughs> on the cover of Downbeat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, certainly, certainly students that I've, I've taught, like, yeah. Like, I taught, I taught Gifton at... Um, oh, Gifton? Um, at a, yeah, I taught Gifton at, a, a, a sum, at Manhattan School Summer Camp for, you know, f- three or four years running. Okay. This was, you know, obviously 10... 10 plus years ago. So absolutely. No, that I've counts. Seen, Gifting came out I've before Gifting little... is. Yeah. So yeah. everyone needs so... to get lessons from this lady. Okay. Well, I, th- I think that's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> Gifting like surprise Winston. So, you know, what? you can't say anything yeah. about her. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's good, ma'am. It's good to know. Yeah. 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 So that's just one, one example. You know, there's so. Yes. And that's a really lovely feeling. It's never like, oh, I, you know, I, I, I resent their career or anything because it's just like, no, like it's always, you know, like standing on the shoulders of, of those that came before you, that sort of mentality. So, um, yeah, I, I say to my, my students now, if they're doing really well and they're going off to college, I'm like, like, like work really hard and then, you know, and then come and take my gigs. <laughs> I'm like, I want to retire. Wow. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm kidding about that. But, but I'm just no, like, yeah, absolutely, a- absolutely. Like, like, come, like, go get it, you know? So, yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome. It's, and it's really great to sort of reconnect, um, you know, with students who I haven't seen for, for, you know, a really long time. And even students in, in Australia, like, I remember when I first, I first, I mean, I've been teaching since I was super young, but um, I think when I was in my early 20s, I, was, I, I taught at a, um, a Catholic girls' school in, in Melbourne and I'm still, you know, just Facebook friends with, with some of the students there and, like, one's, one's like, you know, like a, a, a PhD in, in sciences and is um, doing cancer research and I have another student uh, in New York, who who was like a scientist for NASA, I think for a while. <laughs> you know, like 
like and it's amazing it's just really it's just really so lovely to like see them you know to see them you know fly off and do good things so okay so where do you think the jazz scene will be in 10 years oh geez i i i don't know to me that's like a question like how long is a piece of string (laughs) you know it's it's kind of it's kind of hard to answer i mean you know there's the where where I would like it to be is that there are there are some gigs, <laughs> you know, and there's a gig for for a diverse population that would be good, um, you know. Um, yeah, that, that's a tough question. I don't know really how to answer that other other than I hope it's good. <laughs> do you think? Do you think the music, this jazz world, I should say, will you think it'd be more popular, less popular? I, do, I don't really know. Um, I don't really think I have any way of really knowing. I think I would just be sort of, just, just sort of guessing. Um, who, who knows? I mean, you know, it just, it usually just takes like something like a pop artist to have like a jazz infused sound on one record and then suddenly you know all, all the youngsters are going to the jazz clubs you know so it just you know who who knows who knows what's going to happen you know I mean I'm not expecting it to sort of be like the number one popular music like it was in the 40s I uh, mean I yeah. think That's... I think those those days are well well and truly gone but to me what's exciting is like the I love I love the musical fusions I think I think I think Australia is pretty good at putting out music that is, you know, like these weird fusions of, of things. It's sort of like an attitude of, of sort of like, why not? Or like, you know, it, it, it's never like, oh, we're not supposed to do this, you know? So I think, and then that goes, that goes for music, but it also goes for things like, like food, you know, like our people say, what is Australian food? It's like, well, to me, it's like, well, it's a fusion. You know, there's a lot of Asian fusion because we're so, so close, you know, yes. um, to, to Asia. And, and there's all these risk taking because we can, because we have this sort of, you know, it, it's, um, you know, we can take these risks and still be okay, you know. So it's, it's an enormous freedom that we have here, which is, I think, quite, quite lovely. All right. <laughs> So, if you could turn back the time, talk to your eighteen-year-old mm-hmm. self. Oh, jeez! <laughs> I'd say put some shoes on. <laughs> <laughs> Would you talk them out of being a musician? <laughs> well, I wasn't going to be a musician at eighteen. Well, it, okay, a sound <laughs> that's engineer. A t- that's that. That's that's a, that's a that's a yeah a technique yeah a small a small technical um, thing. You know, I would. I don't know. I've always just been, no, I would never say not do anything because that's not, that's not my, that that's never been my attitude. I think, you know, I've always just, you know, we say for like, follow your nose, like to see, see what happens. Um, so I think, I think by being open and by being open to um, really like, even like spontaneous change, like spontaneous career change, like doing, doing that a couple of times. Um, I don't know. No, I would, I would, I would have faith that my, my 18 year old self would 
slowly work it out. You know, and it did take me a while to, to work out. Um, but, yeah, yeah, she, she would be okay. She just needs to put some shoes on. <laughs> I lived in a hippie town, so I literally oh, okay. didn't wear shoes for a couple, a couple of years. <laughs> that is See, it's not, it's never it's never normal, is it? It's never just sort of straightforward. Uh-huh. We're, we're not, yeah. <laughs> so many questions yeah. I have to ask on that. But <laughs> so you know, it's like anything goes. Anything yeah. goes. So if you could move all the barriers, all the constraints, what type of project would you make and who would be on it? <laughs> well, I'm sort of I'm sort of doing that at the moment, but um uh, but I have I have a thing that I don't talk about it until it's done. Come on, tell us one thing. <laughs> I mean, nah. one thing, one thing, one nah. thing, one thing. No, no, no. I gotta have my aura of mystery. Is James on it? Could you at least say that? Yeah. Okay, fine. I take that. <laughs> He's not playing vibes though. He's, Sorry. Ah. Uh, but maybe he is. You know what? You yeah. suck. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get him to play one note just for you. You just have to listen out. Thank you so the much. Leander, the, the Leander note. Okay, so who else from Australia in the jazz scene do you recommend to the people? Oh, oh there's a bunch. Um, there's Joe Laurie. There's Michelle Nicole. I'm, th- I'm just thinking... First, firstly, of, of vocalists, Michelle Nicole is amazing. Gian Slater, Emma Gilmartin. Uh, in terms of trumpets, there's uh, Scott Tinkler is like the best trumpet player I have ever heard. He's a, a freak of nature. He's just incredible the things that he does. Um, Paul Williamson. Um, oh, there's so many. Um, yeah. There's a, there's a lot of really amazing bass players. There's uh, Anita Hustis in Melbourne. has got the best bass sound I've ever heard. Uh, Linda Mayhano, of course. Um, yeah, there's, there's just, just tons of stuff. Piano, there's Andrea Keller, uh, Barney McCall. Ah, gosh, there's just so many. There's so, there's so many. <laughs> I'm sure there's a website with all the names on it. I'm just saying, from who do you recommend? That's what I was asking, but okay. Yeah, yeah. There's just, I mean, yeah. I think, I think I would start. I would start with Michelle Nicole. If you want to hear some, some just really, really beautiful approaches to, to standards, then yeah, a unique approach to standards. If you want to sort of start there. All right. Um, yeah, that's that's a good place to start. Okay. And <laughs> uh, but yeah, let's just go from there. So before we go, mm-hmm. we normally give a shout out and show our respects to the artists who came before us, okay? Ooh, but because you're okay. one of those artists that plays with everyone, <laughs> I got to give you a blanket one so I don't offend anybody. Okay. So I'm going to tell you an instrument. Okay. You tell me who you want playing it. It could oh. be dead or alive. Okay. Well, if they're dead, I'm not sure how helpful they would be. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm just being I'm just being an idiot. Um, okay. So is this for anything particular? Like, what's this? Is it just like for the uh, like an like a 
We're saying you're making a like dream a, like album. an like an all all star band yes. of of people from all time periods. Correct. That don't necessarily sound good together, but are oh. just good players. Is that it? Yes. <laughs> Okay. At least you picked that one thing. This is one time <laughs> someone said something. I'm like, yeah, that wasn't gonna work. Yeah, like, it was a fusion piano player, and it was yeah. a strict, strict old swing, like 40s swing right. trumpet player. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but but sometimes, I mean, like for example, for this residency that I did, putting t- people together that do different things can actually can can actually work out quite beautifully. <laughs> <laughs> so, but anyway, it's hypothetical, so everything is good. Yeah. So, who, who's who's the first one? First one, we're gonna say drums. Mm. Pull motion. Really? Okay. Why not? That works. <laughs> <laughs> it was not. That was nowhere in my head. So, impossibilities uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. for people. It was. It was great. I loved. I loved his trio with with. With Joe Lovano and, and Bill Frizzell, mm. I just, yeah, I would see them at the Vanguard. And it's funny, one time my mom was visiting and, and she came to the gig and she was sitting in, in front of me because, you know, just the space is, is limited. And mm-hmm. I could tell by her body language how much she hated it. <laughs> she, got up, she was like, that's the worst thing I've ever heard. <laughs> That's like the traditional answer of when I bring a date to a jazz club. Like, yeah, exactly. Ah. Oh, yeah, they're like, no, no, no. no. yeah. I mean, the one it, night it, everyone decides to play free jazz. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, it can be an acquired taste. It's really fun to play. But, um, <laughs> yeah, sometimes sometimes not so good to listen to, no. just depending on, on who's up. <laughs> okay, our keys. <laughs> on keys. Oh, I just feel like I'm putting together like, like a, a record on ECM. I could be like, oh, John Taylor. Yes, you have Keith that Jarrett. budget. You have Sony's oh, budget. Oh, well, it's hi- hypothetical. Yeah. It, it's, it's unlimited budget. Um, we can bring people back from the dead even. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, I'd say maybe maybe Keith, maybe John Taylor. No, or there's you know the the. Um, I listened very recently on the radio to, he was actually the dean of the music school in Melbourne when I went and his name's Tony Gould. And he just, he's just, yeah, I, I, I really, there was a live concert that I listened to and I'm like, oh, that would be fun. So, yeah, maybe Tony Gould. So. No problem. <laughs> um, that works, that works in the budget. That works in the budget, Bring, yes. Bringing someone out from Australia. That's yes. Just, that's an First expensive class flight. Too. Yes, oh, that's, 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 that's at least 50 grand. Okay, keep going. <laughs> um, base, who would you have? On um, base, Dave Holland. Okay, I can't argue that one. No problem. Yeah, yeah, okay. On saxophone. Ooh. Oh, if if we must have a saxophone. <laughs> oh, that's a true brass player for you. <laughs> oh, I mean, you know, we're all the same, aren't we? Um, yeah. I don't know. I'd probably get my friend Joel from. Yeah. He's good. He's got a good sound. Okay. Don't know much about him, unfortunately. But okay. Ah, oh, he'd be a good one. He'd be a good one to interview for this. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'll write that down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, trombone. Mm. 
Trombone. Um, I'd pick my friend Shannon Barnett. She's from Melbourne and she's awesome. She worked with the WDR band for years and now she's carving it up in Germany. So I'd have her for sure. Wow. Okay. <laughs> and finally, yeah. on trumpet. On trumpet. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm listening to this gig, so I'm not definitely not going to put... put <laughs> I mean, you could go up there too with them. No, Wait. no, I'd have Kenny Wheeler. I'd bring back Kenny Wheeler. Kenny, yeah. okay. Kenny, I love Kenny. He's awesome. I think you're the first one to say Kenny, though. That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> I feel, I feel, I feel like I spent twenty years like trying to tell people who he was. You know, it's like this. This. It's like. I don't know. I think I feel like when I when I was I mean I was really learning about jazz in college. I hadn't really you know when I auditioned I'd only ever listened to two jazz albums. So I I had no clue of anything. My first my first um introduction to Miles Davis was his Dubop record from 92. Oh. And then I was like and then I heard him like like you know, you know, play bop. And I was like, oh, wow, he can do this too, you know? <laughs> so it's sort of like, you know, I've, I've, I've been sort of dragged backwards, um, you know, through, through jazz history. But I think what's cool here is that because we're not so close to the American history, then, then there's the whole European jazz scene um, that we equally know about. Um, but then, obviously, when Wait, you go to go, Kenny go to Canadian? the source, he's Canadian, but he lived in England for most of his life. Oh, so, okay. yeah. So, um, yeah. That, to, to me, it's always like, yeah. Being, okay. being sort no, of, no. It, took, it took me a while. I'm like, why don't why don't why don't people know about like all these amazing, you know, European jazz? I try jazz to bring musicians. as many of them on as possible. I try to bring <laughs> yeah. everyone from all over. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. There's just so much great music out there. It's just, it's hard to know everything. And when you're in New York and hearing the music, I mean, the music is amazing, you know, and it's sort of like, I don't want, there's so many people, I don't want, or I don't need to listen to anything else. Like this is, this is it, you know? So, and everything else is compared to that. So, you know, it's that's just the a beautiful and bad thing about New York. Yeah. Uh huh. Totally. Yeah. Oh, can you tell the people your social media, your website, where to find you? Uh, the easiest thing to do is just to Google my first name because it's spelt really weird. So it's N-A-D-J-E. Um, and so you can just type that in and everything will come up. Um, that's the beauty of having a weirdo name. <laughs> um, but, yeah, but my Instagram is Nadia Nordhaus. My website is NadiaNordhaus.com. Um yeah, that's that's sort of it. My yeah, Facebook is sort of a bit weird, but yeah, but yeah, website that will do. That's got links to YouTube and and all and all the things that all the young people are doing. TikTok. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I don't know TikTok though. You don't? Maybe that. I don't. Maybe that's something that I should do. I should put that on my list of things to do. Definitely. Create jazz dance account. <laughs> Once again, thank you, man, for coming on. You're most welcome. This is Leanna from the Improv Exchange. Thank you, everyone. Enjoy the rest of your day. Bye-bye.
That's that on jazz. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Improv Exchange. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Also, please be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Improv Exchange. <laughs>